0: Ready, December the 28th uh, here uh, at Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. Thank you for joining us. Uh, in the meantime, uh, of course, the bowl games just keep on rolling on. I think as of last night, we just about threw half of them. Uh, we've got a few more on tap today um, with regards to that. And the first one uh, gets cranked up uh, at 1 o'clock this afternoon where Central Florida takes on Duke. Uh, later on at 4.30, Kansas at Arkansas. First time Kansas has been in a bowl game, I think, in uh, 14 years. Elsewhere uh, later on tonight at 7 o'clock, uh, number 15, Oregon, takes on North Carolina. And uh, the final bowl game of the uh, evening, Texas Tech takes on Ole Miss in a bowl game uh, over in Houston, the Texas Bowl. Uh, as the Rebels come in, a three-and-a-half point pick, 71 and over and under. It uh, should be an interesting ball game as Texas Tech likes to put it up, and Ole Miss has got the leading rusher in the SEC this year. Uh, young man' name escapes me uh, to remember all those players, but uh, he led the SEC in rushing this year, uh, with along with I think fifteen to sixteen touchdowns. So uh, those are the big uh, bowl games uh, uh, today, and of course tomorrow we'll have a, a few more. But elsewhere, uh, last night uh, we had a few bowl games. Uh, I should say, yesterday afternoon, the first one of the day uh, is Georgia Southern took on Buffalo in a pretty good ball game. Uh, as the uh, Buffaloes, uh, I should say, uh, the Buffalo University uh, uh, takes down the uh, the Georgia Southern. Uh, I think Georgia Southern's the Eagles, I do believe, in, in the Camellia Bowl. Uh, as uh, Schneider and Buffalo top Georgia Southern uh, 23-21. Um, uh, one thing in that uh, was it no, I'm thinking of the previous game. But uh, in that game, uh, uh, Buffalo pretty much controlled it most of the way uh, as uh, Georgia Southern made a comeback late uh, to make it close. But in the meantime, so uh, the following bowl game, uh, Memphis took on uh, Utah State. And Memphis pretty much uh, opened it up in the second quarter, scoring 21 points. They went on to win 38-10. Uh, to 10. Uh, Seth Hennigan, uh, the quarterback from Memphis, was 20 out of 29, 284 yards, three scores, along with uh, Javon Ducker, who had 13 carries for 83 yards. Uh, Lewis, Eddie Lewis, five receptions uh, for also 83 yards and two scores. Uh, Memphis was a touchdown pick in that game. Uh, they go on to win 38-10. Uh, and they really pull away in the fourth quarter where they put up 14 more points. So, uh, pretty much uh, was the outcome of the game. Elsewhere, the game I watched a little bit last night. I had some interest. It was East uh, Coast Carolina, the Chanteliers taking on uh, the Pirates of East Carolina. Pretty exciting ball game until late uh, uh, as the Pirates of East Carolina pulled away. Found something strange, too, Jeff. Uh, the quarterback uh, guest. Yeah, I was uh, McCall.
1: Scratching my head on that too.
0: Yeah, he he literally entered the transfer portal. Uh, I think before the game began last about a night. week ago. Yeah, and he uh, he uh, played uh, pretty well the first half. He was ten out of twelve, sixty-seven yards. He scored a touchdown. Uh, uh, I think right before the half. And supposedly he had a shoulder injury and didn't come back to the game. Upper body injury according to the coach. Okay. And doesn't Interim come back. That. Yeah, and doesn't come back to the game. I mean I, I was interested in see Cause Coastal Carolina uh in the last few years had some outstanding teams uh and of course uh playing against UL. They didn't play UL I don't think this year in uh in regular season, but uh uh, the Pirates of uh, uh, East Carolina always have a pretty good team. Ayler's the quarterback, was 26 out of 38 for 300 yards, a southpaw. I don't know, he just seems like he doesn't fire the ball. He's got an arch on the ball like it, but he's, he reminds me a lot of Kenny Stabler back in the day and uh, with his left-handed kind of just throwing darts. And uh, his run, uh, Mitchell, their the fine back, uh, had 22 carries for 127 yards and a score. Uh, elsewhere uh his receiving core was catching balls all over the field. Johnson was seven for eighty three and Johnson's a big tall, wide receiver for them. southern play earlier this year and uh they can put up points too with coastal carolina uh just um, with McCall, who I think is the three time player of the year at least two years yeah in a three row. time three time player of the year uh Sunbelt and, and still has still has two years of eligibility uh, left. Don't know if he's just testing the waters uh, in that regard, or is he f- getting uh, notification that from agents that it looks like he's going to be drafted. Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, interesting ball game last night. Uh, McCall, the fine quarterback from Coastal Carolina, in the transfer portal, uh, and uh, we'll see where he ends up, or if he's going to maybe declare for the NFL draft. Elsewhere, the late game last night, if you wanted to stay up probably till about 1 o'clock to watch, which I didn't, Uh, it was uh, Wisconsin taking on Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, early in the year, was a top-ten team throughout uh, uh, the first five or six weeks of the year, and then they kind of faded a little bit. uh, And Wisconsin jumps up on them at halftime, 17-7, score again to make it 24-7. And Oklahoma State comes back late uh, in the fourth quarter, scores 10 points, but it's not enough as uh, Wisconsin walks away with a 24-17 to 17, uh, victory. Uh, elsewhere in uh, that, uh, uh, Chase Wolf, the fine quarterback for uh, Wisconsin, was 16 out of 26 for 116 yards and a touchdown. And Braylon Allen uh, carried it 22 times for 116 yards and a score is uh, Wisconsin. The Badgers. Take down the Cowboys of Oklahoma State 24-17. And uh, Wisconsin went into that game a five-point pick in that regard. So, uh, anyway, today, as I mentioned, the bowl game's uh cranking them up. Uh, we've got four of them at uh, 1 o'clock at the Central Florida Duke, as I mentioned, along with Kansas and Arkansas. Uh, curious to see that game to uh, Arkansas. It's a two-and-a-half-point pick. That's going to be played in the Liberty Bowl up in Memphis. Of course, the uh, – uh, first game uh, is a Military Bowl up in Annapolis. Uh, it's going to be 39 degrees. Temperature's uh, warming up a little bit around the country uh, after the snowstorms we had now. Of course, Oregon and uh, North Carolina play out in beautiful San Diego, <laughs> where it's probably going to be, they don't even list the temperature, I'm sure to be 75 degrees out there. Uh, as Oregon's a 13-point pick over the Tar Heels uh, later on today. Elsewhere in the late game tonight uh, at 8 o'clock, Uh, in the Texas Bowl over in Houston. Ole Miss, as I mentioned, three and a half point pick over Texas Tech. Uh, Should be an interesting ball game. Texas Tech likes to put it up. Both teams, Ole Miss a little better defensively than Texas Tech. Uh, Texas Tech gives up about 30 points a game. Ole Miss 24. Ole Miss also scores about uh, 34 points a game. And Texas Tech about 33. So they're neck and neck there. They're both offensively uh, pretty much in the same category. Uh, Texas Tech Likes to put it up a little bit more as their average a little over 300 yards passing to Ole Miss is 230. So, uh, interesting ball game tonight in that regard. So, uh, uh, we'll see how the bowl games. Of course, uh, many more coming up Thursday. We've got uh, three more Friday. We've got uh, another four or, f- let's see, one, two, three, four, five more games Friday. Uh, the big one, I guess, uh, to watch is Tennessee at Clemson. Should be pretty interesting. The Battle of the Orange. In the Orange Bowl, as Tennessee and uh, Clemson, who both uh, uh, wear orange for their uniforms, Jeff, And uh, uh, it's most likely they should be playing in the Orange Bowl over in Miami Gardens, Florida, as Clemson's a five-point pick over the Vols. 63-and-a-half is over and under. uh, That'll be the interesting game. uh, That's 7 o'clock kickoff Friday evening uh, for you people who want to watch college football. And then, of course, Saturday, the big games, Uh, Alabama uh, and the Sugar Bowl take on Kansas State. I can't ever remember the Sugar Bowl kicking off at 11 a.m. I can remember 1 and 2 o'clock, but never uh, 11 a.m. in the morning. And that's before lights, right?
1: That's right. You know, I I can't uh – ever remember the Sugar Bowl, yeah, well, going back to the late 70s when I might be more aware of that?
0: Uh. Well, I know for a fact Tulane installed lights in uh, the old stadium in 57. So the Sugar Bowl uh, usually kicked off, and I went to a few of them back then. Uh, the oh, I'd say 2 o'clock or 1 o'clock was usually the kickoff, and they kind of ran into the Cotton Bowl. was also played uh, approximately that time, along with the Orange Bowl, and then the Orange Bowl with television, Think moved to uh, night in '65 when Alabama took on uh, Texas in an Orange Bowl game with Joe Namath taking on Tommy Nobis and Ernie Coy back in '65. Uh, elsewhere, um, and then they—that's when the uh, Rose Bowl was always uh, a four o'clock, three thirty type game in the afternoon. So uh, that'll be played uh, this year. Uh, I believe uh, the two participants uh, in the uh, Rose Bowl. Is Penn State and Utah uh, will play in that game, and that's a four o'clock kickoff Monday afternoon uh, to go along after the LSU game in Purdue at 12, along with Tulane and Southern Cal at 12. So uh, two state teams playing at the same time. Kind of wish we had a little separation there. Of course, the big games uh, uh, between number two Michigan, number three TCU, two th- uh, three o'clock Saturday. Uh, over at uh, the Fiesta Bowl in Arizona, you you wonder if that should have been the uh, night game with Arizona coming into play, and uh, with uh, uh, Georgia and Ohio State playing uh, the late game at seven o'clock at the Peach Bowl in Atlanta. You, you,
1: I don't know if there's precedent, but do they always put the two versus three game early and then the one versus four late? I don't know if that that's is. That's a good the point.
0: Case. We didn't think of that point, but uh, that's a good point you bring up. Um, uh, that could be right, but it's four four against one. Uh, Ohio State against Georgia in the Peach Bowl at 7 o'clock. Georgia, six and a six-and-a-half-point pick. Well, the other particular game with TCU, I mentioned Michigan, I think, a seven-and-a-half-point pick, 58 over and under. Uh, sometime uh, um, kickoff at uh, 3 o'clock over and uh, the Fiesta Bowl in Glendale, Arizona. And I'm trying to think. You know, it's almost like the Fiesta Bowl is kind of pushed the Cotton Bowl aside uh, the four big bowl games when I was growing up were, of course, the sugar, the cotton, the uh, Rose, and the orange bowl. Today, it looks like the Fiesta Bowl, Jeff, has kind of uh, pushed the cotton bowl on the side.
1: Oh, one of the things the Fiesta Bowl did, and I think it began in 71 or 72, right. following one of those seasons. But uh, they would find ways to get one versus two. Before the BCS title game, uh, they often found ways to match up one versus two. And I think that's what put them on the map.
0: And, you know, I can remember Penn State and Miami playing in those games, the Fiesta Bowl. Of course, at that time, both of them were independent. Exactly, exactly. And they weren't obligated to any of the bowl games that, uh, like the SEC took the, uh, I mean, the Sugar Bowl took the SEC champion, while the Orange Bowl took the Big 12 champion. Of course, the Big 10 uh, took the two champions out with the Pac-12 and the Big 10. uh, And that kind of lined up the bowls right then and there. But uh, you're right, uh, the Fiesta Bowl – Started bringing in, uh, I, you know, for, for the life of me, I can't remember Notre Dame playing in a Fiesta Bowl. I don't know why, and I'm sure they have over the years. Uh, when they had Timmy Brown, they won their last national championship in, what, 87, 88, the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, I wanted to say, did they they beat Miami or Penn State? I can't remember who they beat for the, the title that year in 88, 87. Lou Holtz, his last uh and Notre Dame's last national championship back in the day. So, uh, college bowl games, folks, uh, if you like college football, you've got a host of them for the next uh, still uh, till January the uh, 8th, I do believe, or 9th will be the last of the big bowl games uh, when the, the winners of the two. They
1: beat West Virginia in the Fiesta Bowl.
0: Okay, Notre Dame. Yeah. And that was in 88? Yeah. Okay with Timmy Brown, so I forgot even who they played to win the national championship. West Virginia, wow.
1: I, I got a problem with, uh, I, I know in the college football playoff, they try and minimize travel for the teams. True. But I don't think it's right that Georgia gets to play in Atlanta. I, You know, I'm looking at the three teams. Three of them are basically in the Midwest, Ohio State, TCU, and Michigan, and uh, middle of the country, sure. not so much. Midwest. Uh, TCU is certainly not considered in the Midwest, but in the middle of the country. I don't think it would have been so much to ask Georgia to go to the Fiesta Bowl and let uh, it be more of a neutral site game.
0: I agree. Uh, I agree. You know, there'll be a lot of Bulldogs in in, uh, the stadium. Mercedes-Benz, I guess stadium in Atlanta, they call them now the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. But they'll be in Atlanta and Athens being roughly 50, 60 miles uh, 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 east of uh, Atlanta southeast of Atlanta, I mean, the, red, the Reds going to dominate.
1: And, and don't get me wrong, Georgia has lost many games in that sure. stadium uh, to Alabama, to LSU. It won't be the first, you know, uh, they, they have lost games, but why not uh, eliminate just that whole home field advantage?
0: Yeah, they could have. Uh, I agree with you, and that's and all comes into play where they'd be playing the late game too. Uh, the number one seed, um, don't know why. Good point. Uh, I don't even know how they pick the uh, semifinal bowl games to go with those teams. If it's some kind of rotating order, I'm not even aware of if it is. In the meantime, but Ohio State, uh, I think 11-1. there's six
1: bowl games that are in a rotation for the semis, but the championship game is just awarded by uh, best bid.
0: Probably. But you remember recently, earlier this, uh, I guess a few weeks ago, uh, the Rose Bowl uh, recanted uh, with regards to playing. uh, They jumped into the college football playoff.
1: Well, they had been. It's just that with the new playoff, uh, the idea of games not necessarily being played on New Year's Day or in and around uh, the way the system currently is, Pretty much the Rose Bowl would have be played on january first uh, the semi final game would be january first. It's just that uh, the Rose Bowl uh, was debating whether or not they were willing to play the Rose Bowl on January 8th, for instance. And so when they finally said, yeah, we're willing to do that, then they got included in the new playoff system, but they've always been in the current playoff system.
0: Well, the Rose Bowl, of course, the granddaddy of all the bowl games, they started back in the early 20th century, 1902, 3, somewhere in there, and then uh, they took all the best teams around the country for many years, and finally, after World War II, They alignment with the Big Ten and the Pac-12, or at the time the Pac-8. They lined up uh, for the Rose Bowl game, and it's been like that pretty much ever since until the uh, football playoff came about where uh, teams throughout the country, it seemed like, played in the Rose Bowl now instead of just the Big Ten and the Pac-8, unless they were the two top teams. So anyway, with the college football playoff, what year are we in now? With the college football playoff, six or seven years now, I would say, I want to say 2016, maybe 15. Yeah, so six, seven possibly years. And then before then, in 1998, you had the, uh, what do they call it back then? The um, BCS yeah, title the BCS game. BCS title game, where Tennessee, I believe, won the first one in 98 as they went undefeated. Uh, the year after, off of all people, Peyton Manning graduates from Tennessee, and uh, T. Martin leads them to a national championship. I think the first one in tennessee history probably since general uh what was the name of the general of the team that coached the volunteers for so many years uh they named the stadium after him uh, i think in 51 52 somewhere in there tennessee won their last national championship so uh anyway uh jeff um in that regard bowl games supreme so if you want to watch bowl games uh they're all over the place uh in the meantime. Uh, just uh, quickly, uh, there are a lot of rumors, Jeff, that I'm hearing about Sean Payton, and uh, they they even sports writers mentioned that he might come back to the Saints. I don't know.
1: I, I saw one headline, Worst Kept Secret. Yes. His desire to come back. Yeah. I, then I also saw other stories suggesting um, West Coast, uh, but Jeff Duncan had a piece in the Advocate or Times-Picayune. Yes. But... Here's from Bleacher Report. Okay. Uh, Again, uh, if Sean Payton does return to coaching next season, it will reportedly be in a familiar location. Source told Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk that Payton returning to the Saints in 2023 is the worst-kept secret in the NFL. Whether or not he returns, Payton is Saints legend. He coached, uh, again, from 2006 to 2021. He was suspended for that 2012 season. Uh, Again, talks about the Super Bowl win. Uh, let's see. Uh, should be noted though that it's still just. Uh, oh, let's see. Uh, New Orleans promoted defensive coordinator Dennis Allen as, as head coach. Team is six and nine, but it should be noted that uh, there's still a possible uh, division winner, and it would be interesting to see if he uh, were let go. And as Peyton uh, Adam Schefter reported, he's so interested in returning to coaching in the NFL that he's already putting together his staff, and we talked about Vic Fangio yesterday, right. currently an analyst for Fox. But then, uh, then that's the Bleacher Report. Jeff Duncan, a little bit closer to home, um, said uh, he's uh, Peyton's expected to be the hottest prospect on the coaching market. Potentially, Jim Harbaugh will top the wish list of every owner. And Duncan says, in my opinion, Peyton's top priorities in seeking a job will be in order. Functional ownership and management, a roster built or prepared to win, financial compensation, potential at the quarterback position, and you question that for the Saints, right? and geographic location. And this is what he believes. Preferred landing spots, uh, Cowboys, and then he offers his explanation. Same then with the Chargers, Justin Herbert, uh, a big draw there. And then number three, the Saints from everything uh, he says he's been able to gather. Dennis Allen's job appears to be safe despite the disappointing season. Management and ownership support him returning as head coach. Allen is the in the first year of the four-year deal he signed in February. So anyway, uh, says potentially maybe the Panthers, Colts might be an opportunity. Broncos, again, I'm going to go back to what I said yesterday. I, I don't see that being that attractive to Payton and definitely not attractive to uh, Vic Fangio, who was fired as their head coach a couple of years ago, even though it's a different ownership team now.
0: Yeah, it's uh, quite interesting, as you mentioned. Uh, the one the one team you didn't mention is Arizona. And, and that, then that was another That was team. the
1: next one on okay. the list, and then Houston, but
0: I don't know. Yeah, it just, uh, and of course, if Sean Payton decides to come back to coaching for next year, he still uh, is in the Saints' bounty, so to speak. That uh, his contract is still has one year left on it, to my knowledge don't know what kind of compensation the Saints would receive with regards to him uh, being a head coach of uh, any other team other than the Saints, uh, draft choices, uh, monetary value uh, I, i'm not sure what uh, the league or the NFL commissioner would uh, would come out with. Uh, I just uh, he's still property of the Saints. Not, for what,
1: none of the stories I see reference that but that was my understanding too but you know often uh, if you skip a year you kind of become a free agent uh, so uh, I don't know
0: yeah I I don't know the ruling on that either but the the only other time uh, what was it when Chucky uh, left Oakland or left Tampa to go to Oakland was it and uh, he the Tampa was compensated I think draft picks back then
1: I think it was sort of a trade
0: Yeah. yeah yes that's right So anyway, uh, we do our first break here on Bayou Sports here on a big uh, hump day Wednesday, December the 28th. Let's go ahead and take that. You listen to Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be right back.
2: Ringing the
1: new year all week long at the Quarter Tavern, the premier spot for live music. Thursday, it's Southern Jack. Remember, never cover at the Quarter Tavern. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's, the best ring prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, just $2. Imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has you covered for sports and no bar with more outdoor seating. And don't forget the Quarter Tavern, now serving
3: fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris.
4: Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are
0: open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. Uh, Just uh, looking around uh, as we're trying to keep up some with uh, high school sports, even though it's over the holiday system. There are a lot of tournaments out there in regards to that. So uh, uh, some of the scores I've seen are around – the last few days, see where West St. Mary played Patterson. Uh, of course, uh, neighbors uh, over in St. Mary Parish, uh, Patterson on top of West St. Mary, uh, future district opponent Catholic High, sixty six forty two. Elsewhere uh, in other uh, uh, some girls action, uh, the Delco girls took down Acadiana Renaissance Charter School out of Youngsville, thirty eight twenty nine. Elsewhere uh, in the area, Peabody was supposed to come to St. Martinville to take on the Tigers, but uh, that game was canceled. Don't know if that had something to do with the weather or the cold. Uh, not sure about that. But the and game. St. Martinville
1: uh, has a big tournament this week, don't okay. they? Okay. Yeah, I think they do too. Uh, I, I think that was part of that
0: okay anyway uh elsewhere uh ascension episcopal out of youngsville took on barb barb uh, took them down i've got two uh, not scores but i show uh bo- the same score barb won sixty-one fifty-one. 51 but i show uh barb the home team and then i show uh oh, again ascension a tournament episcopal. Team. yeah tournament yeah you're right but uh in and that St. thomas moore's tournament anyway also east jefferson took on franklin uh, East Jefferson took down Franklin. The Franklin, another opponent of Catholic High in the district, fifty-four to fifty. Elsewhere, some other scores: St. Thomas More out of Lafayette beat St. Thomas Aquinas out of Hammond, 61-56. Aquinas, a uh, AA school, must have a pretty good team uh, in action there. Uh, trying to see any other uh, scores. I think uh, games later on uh, today: Lake Arthur. I'm sure that's a girls' game. Uh, takes on St. Thomas More. Along with uh, trying to see, thought Catharcae. I thought I saw a game for Catharcae in the meantime, uh, but other scores were outside the area.
1: Got a few uh, scores. Uh, okay. And uh, if I repeat one of yours, uh, uh, forgive me, but uh, Abbeville beat Acadiana, 63 to 50. All right. Karen Crow beat Hamilton Christian, 54 to 49. Iowa beat Westgate sixty-six to forty-eight. Notre Dame over St. Charles Catholic thirty-four to fifteen. I think you mentioned the Patterson West St. Mary yes, score. I did. And let's see who else. St. Thomas More beat St. Thomas Aquinas in their tournament sixty-one to fifty-six. Turlings over Opelousas Catholic sixty-one to forty-three.
0: Yeah, Kathakai's girls play uh today at seven fifteen uh against Iota Bulldogs. Uh so that's what I saw. Maybe it wasn't the boys, but uh in yeah, action In uh, fact, Iota
1: lost to Bro Bridge yesterday. Ladies, right? right yeah, correct. we're talking fifty four to forty two. Couple other ladies scores. Uh Delcom over at Catiana Renaissance, thirty eight yeah. to twenty nine. at lost to Edie White uh, fifty to nineteen. And let's see, uh, that looks like the only other area scores that I have as far as ladies basketball is
0: concerned. Yeah, I have some scores, but they're all from last week before Christmas. But uh, pretty much uh, a lot of holiday action before they get underway in district uh, right after they head back to school. Of course, Cane Radio will have uh, some uh, high school basketball on the air during the course of uh, basketball season, probably for the next six to eight weeks. Of course, if any of our teams enter into the playoffs and uh, as uh, uh, reach a, a state championship game like St. Martinville did a few years ago along with the Highland Baptist girls who played for a state championship three years ago. So, uh, Kane Radio will bring that about for you. In the meantime, uh, NBA action last night. A little history being made last night uh, in NBA action as uh, the Dallas uh, Mavericks uh, find uh, forward uh, and Luca, help me out, Jeff, then again. Uh, Dunchich, uh had a triple-double last night, but the highest-scoring <laughs> triple-double in league history. He put up 60 points. He also had, uh, in a way of uh, rebounds, he had 21 rebounds and 10 assists. And that's only uh, been done one other time, and that was by James Harden, back in the 2018 season where he had 60 points, 10 rebounds, and 11 assists. Of course, uh, back in the day with Wood Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor, all had uh, triple-doubles uh, with 50 points. And uh, Chamberlain, of course, had it a few times. But in the meantime, Maluka Doncic uh, had 60 points, a six-seven forward. I think he's out of Slovenia uh, playing for the Dallas Mavericks. And they're talking about he might be uh, the uh, – the MVP of the league already, just uh, having a phenomenal year. Uh, last night, uh, just uh, I think he was 16 out of 22 from the free throw line, 21 out of 31 from the uh, floor, and uh, handing out assists, 10 assists, 21 rebounds. He's only 6'7", too. you think he might be a little taller than that, but he tied the scoring mark uh, uh, for the Mavericks uh, last night with 60 as uh, the um, – The Mavericks beat back the Knicks in the score of 126 to 121. And in that game, there was a lot of news being made in that game, too, in uh, regards that uh, with his triple-double and 60 points, is that they they came back from a deficit – and uh, you know his he intentionally missed a free throw he came up with a loose ball rebound and flipped it into the basket down with one second remaining in regulation after a quick roll he had back on his feet and did an impromptu dance to celebrate while frantically waving his hands uh, up and down also i think uh, in an interview after the game one of the announcers said well what are you going to do to celebrate this i'm going to get a beer a cold beer you, <laughs> well, you know
1: 13 of his points were in the last minute of the game that's right they they were down by nine with 33.2 seconds left and uh, again he just turned it on in that uh, final minute
0: yeah it just it's just unbelievable with his uh uh comeback. And uh, two steals, one block, a jump ball, two. Uh, and he jokingly noted that when asked about his 60-21-10 line, which broke uh, Dirk Nowitzki's uh, uh, franchise record for points in the game, uh Donica career high, he said that uh, he managed would go get a cold beer somewhere. <laughs> and, and of course, he was doused in the locker room by teammates, so with dozens of water bottles as he entered the locker room, I'm sure, after interviews and all. But uh, other people hit the 50-point 20 rebound triple doubles uh Chamberlain did it uh uh with uh in 68 he had 53 points 32 rebounds 14 assists he also did it again in 63 when he had 51 points 29 rebounds and 11 assists and Elgin Baylor did it in 61 when he had 52 points 25 rebounds and uh 10 assists so uh his uh, sixty points tied the record for the highest scoring triple double in the, uh, NBA history, and uh, Harden did it as I mentioned in uh, January, into January thirtieth, two thousand eighteen, against the uh, Magic, the Orlando Magic, as uh, his uh, dowsing from his teammates and as much uh, statistics pop out of the box score. It's not necessarily shocking that he put up those kind of numbers, and he's only twenty three years old, but he's already had six career. 40-point triple-doubles, tying LeBron James for uh, the fifth most in NBA history. And he scored at least 50 points in two of the past three games, hitting the marker Friday night with a win over the Rockets. Uh, guys say all the time we see it and know it in his greatness, but uh, he's something else, too, at only 6'7", uh, uh I don't know if you can see this monitor, but there's the winning basket there. Yeah, as he uh, put back a uh, – he intentionally missed the uh, free throw. And the 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 ball ball. gets tipped
1: around, and he finally gets a hold of it, puts it up in a tenth of a second.
0: uh, That's right. Here's a stunning statistic for you that with the Mavericks win over the Knicks. Dallas became the first team in at least two decades to pull out a victory after trailing by at least nine points in the final 35 seconds. Teams in that situation had been, you ready, zero for 13,884 <laughs> games of the past 20 years according to uh, the stats information research. So, uh, anyway, that's that's some kind of uh, a stat there. And uh, he's the seventh player in NBA history to score at least 50 in a triple-double. Scoring uh, or assisting on 85 of the 126 points the Mavericks had last night. So he had a hand in 85 of them. And that's most points he's generated in any game of his career, according to the Sports Bureau and – just when you see him play, just a lot of enthusiasm and all. Like I mentioned, he was 21 out of 31 from the floor, 16 out of 22 from the free throw line, and he scored 38 points after halftime as the Mavericks uh, rallied from a deficit that was as large as 12 points to beat the Knicks. That having to, uh, a point guard uh, uh, Brunson was out and lost a ring uh, a wing player uh, R.J. Barnett to an index uh, finger that was broken. Anyway. Uh, Monster player coach uh, Tom Thibodeau said, uh, Knicks coach, and uh, thought he made some good plays, aggressive. He played 47 minutes, a season high, rested a total of 12 seconds after halftime. And he said, I'm tired with a smile doing the. And I said, I'll just need a recovery beard, he said, (laughs) to end it all with his points uh, scoring last night. So uh, hats off to him. Looks like a fine player from Slovenia. And. Uh, Other news in the NBA action, of course, the uh, Pelicans uh, take on the Timberwolves tonight over in the Smoothie King, and as the Pelicans, who had won seven in a row, then lost four in a row, have now won three in a row, and look to uh, build upon that tonight as they take on the uh, Timberwolves in a game uh, that'll be at the Smoothie King at uh, 7 uh, o'clock tip-off. Of course, uh, be on the Valley Sports Network uh, tonight tonight. uh, pelicans are six and a half point pick with a 233 being the o- under and over that game and of course the pelicans a second in the league in scoring this year with uh, averaging about 118 points a game so uh, let's see if they can get some of their players back in that regard hadn't seen any news with ingram coming back or uh, some other uh, starters that were out so um, pelicans with a big game tonight uh Valley Sports uh, uh, Network if you want to watch that game. So uh, tonight you can watch football, college football bowl games this afternoon tonight and also with regards to the uh, Pelicans taking on the Timberwolves at 7 o'clock. Uh, go ahead and take our next break. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this.
2: athletic field provides challenges that test their competitor.
0: It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Landry, and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good-paying jobs, that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge, and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us.
4: Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana Campaign.
2: Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions. And you can apply right now at danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Hi, this is Boxcar Bagel, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Sliman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m. We'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240.
0: Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Cane and Sugar Oaks.
2: So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Dream us live on kane 1240com and catch the podcast the next day.
0: Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 1075. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big uh, hump day Wednesday, December the 28th. And uh, we kind of kind of looked over this a few times over the last few days, but college basketball starting to heat up as the Purdue, Purdue Ballermakers makers uh, head the AP top uh, 25. List, uh, as they come in, uh, number one, uh, they're 12 and 0 in the big 10 right now, followed by Yukon, the Huskies, uh, noted, uh, they're 13 and 0 Houston, which had the number one spot for a, uh, a few weeks uh, is twelve and one. They come in third. Of course, I think Alabama had beaten them to knock them from the undefeated and the number one spot. Elsewhere, number four, Kansas comes. Uh, Big Twelve comes in eleven and a one, followed by Arizona at twelve and one. Texas, who played the Cajuns last week, uh, they come in sixth. They was seventh when they played the Cajuns. They come in ten and one from the Big Twelve, followed by Tennessee at ten and two, the highest-rated Southeastern Conference team. Followed right by Alabama at ten and two, Arkansas at eleven and one. So three SEC teams at seven, eight, and nine coming in at number ten. Of course, uh, Gonzaga at ten and three in the West Coast Conference. UCLA uh, noted eleven and two, eleventh. Baylor at twelfth. Uh, of course, they've won a national championship a couple of years ago with a young man from uh, Riverside who uh, played and was the MVP of the game. He's now in the NBA today. Elsewhere, Virginia comes in at 13, followed by Miami of Florida, uh, Wisconsin of the Big Ten at 15th, Indiana at 16, Duke uh, without Coach K at 17, uh, at 18, TCU uh, of the Big 12, Kentucky comes in at 19, they're 8-3, and three. Uh, Auburn follows them at 20th. Uh, 21st, they're again three SEC teams in a row. Mississippi State comes in at 21, followed by New Mexico, who's 12 and 0, the Mountain West at 22nd, tied with Xavier, the Big East, and then followed by West Virginia at 10 and 2 out of the Big 12. And finally, number 25 out of the Atlantic coast was the North Carolina Tar Heels, trying to see if any other, uh, uh, teams uh, might have uh, generated some points. Uh, I thought LSU was doing pretty well. I don't see them anywhere in here in points being generated. But uh, when you talk about the women's top 25 and Coach Kim uh, Mulkey, she's got the Lady Tigers right now sitting at number nine. Undefeated, uh, here right? In, uh, in the country. And they are. They're 12 and 0.
1: Yeah, and uh, when I saw they were just number nine, it kind of surprised me. But. Again, maybe she needs to prove something out there.
0: Well, she's won three national titles at Baylor and also uh, won a one or two when she was a player at uh, La Tech. And I uh, guess go through the women's. Uh, no, and I, I have no idea what the competition is yeah, that they've played. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, South Carolina, I think they're the defending national champions. They come in at number one, followed by Stanford, number two, Ohio State, ladies, number three. Indiana is four, Notre Dame five, North Carolina State six, Virginia Tech seventh, Yukon uh, is eighth, and LSU Lady Tigers uh, come in at ninth. They moved up a spot this week in the poll. They were at tenth. UCLA is also at tenth, followed uh, by uh, Utah at 11, Iowa at 12. Uh, elsewhere, North Carolina at the Tar Heel ladies at 13, Michigan's uh, at 14, Iowa State 15, Maryland 16, Oregon 17. That's all the ladies here. Uh, at 18 is Arizona, 19 Gonzaga, Oklahoma's number 20, followed by Creighton 21, Kansas 22, Baylor 23, Arkansas 24, and uh, rounding out the top 25 for the ladies is St. John, who is also 12 and 0, looking for any other teams in the area. Don't see any uh, other than uh, we got a few Southeastern Conference teams, uh, along with uh, Tennessee, uh, Alabama, and of course uh, Texas soon to be in the Southeastern Conference of uh, their ladies. So, uh, in the meantime, in uh, college basketball uh, games tonight, I was just looking for uh, top twenty-five games in that regard today uh, with matchups. Tennessee takes on Ole Miss tonight in a uh, top twenty-five game. Elsewhere, TCU number 18, uh, uh, Central Arkansas comes to uh, Fort Worth. Uh, Oregon, Eastern Oregon goes to number 10 Gonzaga. Albany, or Albany that's up New York, goes to number 13 Virginia. Villanova should be a pretty good game. Uh, they take on uh, Connecticut uh, tonight. Number two Connecticut in the some of the men's side. Florida journeys to Auburn. Kentucky number 19s at Missouri. Uh, Any other, Baylor, uh, Baylor takes on Nickel State. Nickel State journeys to Waco tonight to take on the Baylor Baylor. So, Baylor number 12 in the country. Colorado State at number 22, New Mexico. Number nine, Arkansas takes on LSU. The men are 11-1 and and didn't get any points. I'm kind of surprised in uh, that regard in the top 25 poll. Uh, Of course, uh, Arkansas, the Razorbacks, also 11-1, will take on LSU tonight in Baton Rouge. Number eight, Alabama takes on number 21, Mississippi State. Uh, tonight in Starkville, number twenty-three Xavier takes on St. John's up in New York, and number three Houston journeys to Tulsa to take on the Golden Hurricane, and that's it for the uh, top twenty-five games on the men's side tonight. Uh, in that regard, but you know, Jeff, uh, LSU, I thought they had a pretty high ranking. I even mentioned I'm surprised they didn't receive points. They're eleven and one right now, and uh, uh, kind of surprised yeah. they, they weren't getting <clears throat> votes. Even
1: you mentioned they're playing Arkansas tonight. Arkansas eleven and one. They're number nine. LSU eleven and one. Unranked.
0: Not even getting points. Is there any sanction against them? Uh, uh, oh, I don't know that answer. That's a good point. Uh, with uh, with Mister Coach Wade had some issues, uh, and I uh, haven't seen anything come out about that. But you might be right. Not sure. Uh, forgot about that. Believe it or not, and uh, but. Uh, not sure. Not sure. I, I don't remember any sanctions being handed down, but maybe they were and I'm not aware of it. Uh maybe you can check that real quickly and see if uh in something in that regard comes about. But uh wow. In the meantime, uh um college basketball, uh with football season winding down and approximately half of the bowl games gone. We've got enough. Maybe another 20 bowl games uh, set, along with the national championship games, the playoff games. but And then, of course, the Super Bowl will be played in, uh, in February, the first week of February. And uh, we'll have all the NFL action uh, through the month of uh, January. But the league uh, ends in, I think, January 8th is the last NFL weekend. Do you find something here?
1: Yeah, and this goes back to September But LSU was hit with NCAA penalties. Um, This, again, dated September 22nd. But they weren't related to the scandal involving Will Wade. The case surrounds former football assistant coach James Craig, who was fired in June of 2021. Maybe, uh, let's see, Craig, who served as the Tigers offensive line coach, met with a recruit during the NCAA mandated dead period during the pandemic. In addition to Craig, a former assistant director of recruiting for LSU, separately met with the prospect during that dead period, both provided as a result. LSU has been hit with a year of probation, $5,000 fine, and an array of recruiting penalties for the football program. So I think these are football penalties, uh, even though when I searched LSU hoops, uh, and I guess just because uh, the story references Will Wade. Um, But this is a football story, I guess.
0: Yeah, and uh, five thousand dollars fine—that's pocket change. Yeah, (laughs) you know, I mean, (laughs) they'll probably they'll probably pick up that kind of money at a tennis match or a track track uh, meet. Uh, Anyway, uh, not sure why they're not ranked at eleven and one. Take on Arkansas tonight in a big game and. uh, interesting, uh, and uh, can't find anything uh, with regards to penalties they might have picked up. Of course, Wade was fired uh, in that regard. They brought in a new coach, I believe, from uh, one of the Midwest uh, teams, uh, Murray State, I believe. Uh, their new coach uh, from LSU in his first year at uh, Tigertown. And uh, doing pretty well, too, at 11. I thought they were pretty uh, in pretty good shape uh, at 11-1, and one, but not receiving votes at all. Uh, in the uh, AP Top 25. So, and as you mentioned, sanctions maybe were handed down. We're not aware of with regards to uh, basketball. But the Tigers uh, sitting at 11-1. and one. The Cajuns also are uh, playing pretty good basketball right now. Is uh, uh, Trying to see maybe where they play again with regards to their, their basketball schedule uh, as the Cajuns um, are having a good year right now. Uh, pulling that up uh quickly as the Cajuns right now uh, uh basically they've won four out of their last five games they play again tomorrow night uh at coastal Carolina at a six p m tip off uh their last game of course they got beat by number seven Texas, which is now sits at number six, but the Cajuns uh have won four out of their last five other than that loss to uh to Texas, but they also uh they started off the year winning their first five, uh, I should say six out of their first seven, and then four out of their next five. So they only have two losses on the year. And uh, the Cajuns are doing pretty well uh, also uh, with regards to their year. Uh, They played uh, Thursday night. Then they play again Saturday, uh, New Year's Eve, at 1 p.m. against Old Dominion up there. So as they journey to Coastal Carolina, the Cajuns uh, have a pretty good year. Trying to do a little math here. They're – uh, they're four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They're ten and two on the year uh, through uh, right now. So the Cajuns having a pretty good year. Of course, January they'll be playing most of their uh, conference games. Uh, starting off uh, January fifth against Southern Miss, Georgia State, Louisiana Monroe. So uh, to the two uh, state teams that are having pretty good years, uh, the Cajuns, along with um, uh, the Tigers, eleven and one, and couldn't find any other. Uh, mentions with regards to uh, LSU basketball? No. no, Nothing at all? No. Anyway, time to take another break. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio uh, on a big uh, hump day Wednesday, December the 28th. We'll be back with more right after this
3: is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one hi this is jake blanchard with la classic roofing we're a third generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years as a locally owned and operated company we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s.
4: Landry has been traveling around District 49 talking to friends and neighbors about bringing prosperity and economic freedom to all our citizens. As we visited with thousands of people across our great district, many asked, how can we get involved in moving our district forward? Join us by going to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com, where you can easily sign up and join our campaign. Go to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com and register now to join us. Pay for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign.
1: Ring in the new year all week long at the Quarter Tavern, the premier spot for live music. Thursday, it's Southern Jack. Remember, never cover at the Quarter Tavern. Quarter Tavern, nine ten East Main, across from McDonald's, the best ring prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, just $2. Imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has you covered for sports and no bar with more outdoor seating. And don't forget the Quarter Tavern, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris.
2: The GolfBalls.com Retail Center is now open and better than ever. Stop by our newly renovated store to shop the latest in golf balls, clubs, and apparel from brands such as Titleist, TaylorMade, Callaway, and Under Armour. Check out our new state-of-the-art golf simulator and demo the hottest irons, drivers, and putters. Featuring 20,000 square feet of golf equipment and gear, GolfBalls.com was founded here in Acadiana 25 years ago and remains the world leader in golf customization. Located on Arnold Boulevard next to Harbor Freight Tools and, of course, online at GolfBalls.com. What does the 50th anniversary of Title IX mean? It means I'm valued. I'm empowered. I can do anything. It means I'll pave the way for every girl who plays high school sports in the future. Just like every female student, coach, official, and administrator blaze the trail for me. Because every student deserves the opportunity to play. Encourage girls you know to participate in Louisiana high school sports.
4: This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association.
0: Now back to Bayou Sports, phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big hump day, Wednesday, December the 28th, and another former All-Pro defensive halfback, Jeff, as we talked a little bit about it off the air in a couple other segments, Ed Reed, Super Bowl champion and nine-time Pro Bowl selection with the Baltimore Ravens, has agreed to become the next Head football coach at Bethune-Cookman, the university announced uh, Tuesday. Uh, uh, Reed, who was uh, inducted into Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2019, becomes the latest high-profile former Pro Bowler to coach in the HBCU ranks. And, uh, it's, of course, the uh, uh, Dion Sanders was at Jackson State uh, from 2020 until he took the head job at Colorado earlier this uh, month. Eddie George has been the head coach. I forgot about that at Tennessee state since 2021. And, uh, a historically black university located in Daytona Beach, Florida. Bethune-Cookman is an FCS program. It's won six uh, MEAC championships since 2000, but has struggled since joining the SWAC in 2021. Um, Its previous coach, Terry Sims, was fired in late November after going 2-9 in back-to-back seasons. The Wildcats athletic director, Reggie Theus, uh, the longtime NBA player and former Sacramento uh, Kings coach, and he also played at UNLV back with uh, Jerry Tarkanian back in the day. Theus is also Bethune Cookman's head basketball coach. Bethune Cookman's news release announced that Reed had entered an agreement in principle to be its 16th head football coach, was a scant on details. Reed is 44. He has spent the past three seasons and support staff in his role at his alma mater, the University of Miami Hurricanes, most recently as a senior football advisor under coach uh, Mario Cristobal. Uh, We're excited to hear that Ed has been named the head coach at Bethune-Cookman, athletic director uh, Dan Radakovich uh, at Miami. Ed's one of the best ever to wear a Miami Hurricanes uniform. He has served as a great monitor to our student-athletes for the past three years, he would do a tremendous job leading the Wildcats in the program, and the entire Miami family wishes him all the best. And uh, of course, before his time on the Miami staff, Reed was an assistant defensive backs coach with the Buffalo Bills in 2016. Reed, who is from Louisiana, as matter of fact, Destrahan, was part of Miami's 2001 National Championship team. He was drafted in the first round by the Ravens in 2002, led the league in interceptions three times, holds the NFL record for interception return yards, and he is now the head football coach at Bethune-Cookman and also a little tidbit that I'm aware of. I mentioned to Jeff when Reed was coming out of high school His only three colleges that offered him scholarships were Nichols State, Tulane, and the University of Miami, of which he uh, attended.
1: Yeah, with all due respect to Nichols and Tulane, it was a no-brainer, right, heading to Miami? (laughs) Other than Ed being close to home, but then, again, who necessarily needs to be close to home? Uh, Do something you haven't done before. Go someplace you haven't been before. Uh, But it surprises me because Miami was the only high-profile program that – And at uh, that time,
0: that's right, that's right, and showed interest in him. And he wasn't a real big guy coming out of high school. He was six foot, maybe 170 pounds, but he had a nose for the football, and some of those Destrehan teams back then were pretty good. And he he chose to attend uh, the University of Miami Hurricanes. Coach wasn't – at Miami in those days no but uh uh CJ Curtis Johnson was and that's how I think his uh uh, Curtis was from originally uh from the River Parish area and probably knew of him and uh, brought him to Miami and I also think when CJ was uh at Miami I think he was the first assistant that Peyton Sean Payton hired as a wide receiver coach uh back in the day in 2006 when Payton was given the Saints job and uh You might want to Google that because I remember C.J. also had a hand in bringing Marshall Falk to San Diego State when all the colleges around here wanted to make uh, Marshall Falk a a defensive halfback or cornerback. And he wanted to be a running back. And one of the reasons he went out to San Diego State when Curtis Johnson uh, was an assistant coach out there, and I'm pretty sure C.J. was at Miami in 2001, 2000, when he brought uh, Ed Reed to uh, Miami. Yeah,
1: um, no. Coach O uh, was at Miami as a defensive line coach from '88 to '92. Um, he was at USC by '98, uh, unless he let his. You know, he well, was he was at USC twice, though.
0: Yeah, because he was he was appointed the head football coach after they let uh, who was at Lincoln Raleigh, uh No, no, know, no, no, no. Uh, no who no, was no. the coach uh, that they left at the airport? Lane Kiffin. Yeah, Lane Kiffin. They left at the airport. Yeah, you're fired. You're not getting on the plane to head home. (laughs) Unbelievable. Anyway, uh, but I'm pretty sure C.J. was the coach that recruited Ed Reed to Miami uh, in that regard. So, uh, uh, But what a career he had for the Ravens. And uh, every time you turn around, his nose for the football was just remarkable, too, at that time. And Ed Reed, of course – uh deon sanders uh taking the head job at colorado Did, i forgot about uh
1: but but he he had no coaching experience at least ed reed has a little uh experience uh in an administration as well as uh, being a, an assistant coach in like you said, Buffalo and also, I believe, Miami at some point,
0: right? That's right. Had a hand in some of that. Yeah. So uh, you're right. Uh, at least, you know, people don't realize, and I know they, just a head coach, whether you're in high school and college or a profe- it's so much different than being an assistant coach with all the other responsibilities you have. Uh, with appointments and uh, uh, just it's unless you delegate well uh, it's uh, everything <laughs> that you think it's not it is uh, with the job duties you have as a football coach uh, like I said whether in high school college or in the uh, uh, NFL in that regard uh, anyway don't know if you have any uh, other information or uh, it, stories Yeah, um,
1: I I did see where Carson Wentz was named uh, the commanders uh, quarterback for the last two games but Bigger than that, apparently there's a celebration in Washington, uh, the Commander's Game, whatever day it is this uh, weekend, uh, Uh but involving the Hogs and Coach uh, Gibbs. Oh, okay. And apparently the Hogs aren't real pleased. Uh, They're going to unveil a new mascot that's going to either be a hog or a dog. In fact, when they were renaming the team, I thought Red Hogs was a reasonable option, just uh-huh. uh, as a tip of the cap to uh, the offensive line of the '80s there, but but also uh, uh, the running back uh, Riggins was, uh, yeah. was a hog too, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, well, if not, he, not honorary,
0: yeah, he uh, the Kansas State product. Yeah, John Riggins, the diesel. The diesel, I think they called him. Remember when he ran over the uh, Dolphins cornerback uh, to score that late touchdown to give the Redskins uh, Super Bowl championship? But also uh, some other little news. J.J. Watt's talking about retiring, too, uh, the All-Pro. Uh, no, he made that announcement. He made that announcement uh, on, to, you know, for his on the field. Uh, let's see, any other stories well, I, quickly? I, but I,
1: actually, finishing the uh, story about the Hogs, even though they're being honored, uh, some of the Hoggetts are going to be there, too.
0: You remember those? Fans? Oh, yeah. They, they did a beer commercial, didn't yeah. they?
1: <laughs> but uh, five members of the original Hogs offensive linemen issued a statement that says they do not want to be associated with the commanders under its current ownership and management and uh, require that their legacy and brand be protected. Uh, Joe Jacoby, Mark May, John Riggins, Fred Dean, and Doc Walker requesting a trademark for the Hogs' term. And have threatened legal action against the team, uh, so you know. Again, I would understand why they don't want to be tainted by the current ownership team, which, again, uh, apparently seven billion is uh, what's talked about as the high bid right now for seven team. billion for the Washington 7 Commanders, billion, wow. which would be about two and a half billion more than what Denver sold for
0: And you know, Geno Smart, what he's doing up in Seattle is just remarkable. Uh they talk about Kim Mike White rally the slumping Jets. Uh, uh in the meantime, uh the Farney the Niners with their rookie quarterback uh still hanging in there and beating people. Uh, he he I tell you what, Jeff, in the games I've watched him play, he he looks pretty impressive, Purdy. Brock Purdy has done a good job so far and uh anyway, um just a lot of football going on. J.J. Watt, of course, uh, last year he announced it, as you mentioned, uh, his last season in the NFL. Just looking to any other uh, notes. Uh, I'm wondering if Hurts uh, going to play uh, for the Eagles against the Saints this weekend. Uh, pretty tight lift about that. Hadn't seen anything Should get out. the
1: injury report later today and something to talk about tomorrow.
0: Yeah, quarterback Kyle Murray will have uh, ACL surgery January 3rd. So, uh Anyway, uh, Lamar Jackson, is he going to be able, uh, available to play this weekend uh, against the Steelers? So, uh, a lot going on in pro football. Uh, is uh, is, uh field going to be shut down by the Bears? Uh, you know, with two, no, two games left that. to go? Okay. Anyway, uh, a lot going on in the NFL right now as the season winds down. Elsewhere uh, today in sports history, December the 28th, uh, in 1905, the Intercollegiate Athletic Association of the U.S. was founded. And, of course, we all know it now, in uh, 1910, the NCAA. Elsewhere in 1947, the Chicago Cards beat the uh, Philadelphia Eagles 28-21 at the NFL championship game. Also in 52, the NFL championship game at Cleveland's Municipal Stadium, the Lions beat the Browns 17-7. 1957, CBS states it won't broadcast baseball where minor league games are on. Jeff, amazing. Uh, repeat that? It said in 1957, CBS. Oh, fifty-seven. 57. Okay. Yeah, this states uh, that it won't broadcast baseball where minor league games are on. Of course, uh, the old saying was uh, the minor leagues died with air conditioning and television. Elsewhere, in 1958, the greatest game ever played as the Colts win the 26th NFL championship game as they defeat the New York Giants at the Polo Grounds in the first Southern Death overtime game in NFL history. 17 future members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame were involved in that game. Of course, Johnny Ninas being one of them, uh, along with uh, several other, uh, Andy Robustelli, uh, just Sam Huff. There were a lot of them back then with the Giants and the uh, Colts. Elsewhere in 1975, the term Hail Mary... Came into play with 32 seconds left to go in the NFC Divisional Playoff game. Cowboys quarterback Roger Starback throws a legendary 50-yard winning touchdown pass to Drew Pearson to defeat the Vikings and the Hail Mary play is born. And, of course, I still think uh, Drew Pearson pushed off, too, <laughs> as he caught that pass to win the game. Anyway, elsewhere in 2008, the Detroit Lions crashed to a 31-21 loss to the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. The reason why I mention that they're the first team in NFL history to go winless in a 16-game season, of course, that was 2008. In 2019, the 49th Fiesta Bowl college football playoff semifinal is number three Clemson beats number two Ohio State 29-23. Of course, a little while later in the 52nd Peach Bowl college football playoff, LSU beats number four Oklahoma. Didn't beat them. They brawled them 63 to 28. Of course, the Tigers go on to win the national championship as they down Clemson in the sh- Superdome over in New Orleans. Elsewhere, birthdays today and born in 1920, Steve Van Buren, of course, the LSU All-American, NFL halfback with the Eagles. Uh, Van Buren passed away in 2012. He was a heck of a player a running back in the NFL. 1972, born in this state, Adam Vinatieri, the UL, uh, I should say the USL and NFL place kicker for the New England Patriots, born in Yankton, South Dakota. Deaths on this day in 1910, uh, born on this day, uh, dying in 2021. Uh, John Madden, a Pro Football Hall of Fame coach, uh, of course, uh, famous for his uh, Super Bowl Annex uh, sportscast. I, I didn't realize a 16-time Emmy Award winner with CBS, Fox, ABC, and NBC. And deaths on this day, Jimmy Demary, the Hall of Fame. couldn't hold a job.
1: Yeah. All those different nations right. he just couldn 't hold a job you no, know, he
0: was only a coach for the Raiders for like seven or eight years. That, no. everybody thinks he was there fifteen, twenty years, but after he won the Super Bowl, he stepped out i think and uh of course, you know he was scared to death to fly i 'm sure that and they bought him that big bus and he'd run around in that big bus uh from place to place And uh, anyway anyway i 'm going to use John Madden as a quote of the day and uh with uh he was introduced to the Turducken in New Orleans, and it wasn't Thanksgiving. Glenn at the—the the, the chef at Glenn at the Gourmet Butcher Shop brought it by uh, when he was in his bus, and he had never heard of it or seen one before, and they had it in the booth, and it smelled so good that he had to taste it, and it was good, he said. And then the Thanksgiving came, and we got it in addition to the traditional turkey, and uh, the Turducken was born nationwide, uh, of course, uh, being the turkey, duck, and chicken. Uh, the turducken uh, made uh, famous on uh, national television on Thanksgiving Day. And then they used to put some extra drumsticks on them. So. Yeah, and they, <laughs> they still do that,
1: um, even if it's a standard turkey.
0: Uh, so uh, the turducken, born uh, in Thanksgiving through John Madden's uh, uh, ploy to bring it about. there, And he said he loved it. And uh, I don't know why I want to say a turducken. I don't know why Maurice comes into play when I think of one of those butcher shops out of Maurice with a good ducking, but, uh but uh, uh, it seems like that's where it might have been started. Uh, anyway, that's t- today in sports history, Jeff, December the 28th, hump day.
1: All right, big thanks to our sponsors, Jacob Landry, candidate for State Rep, District 49, L.A. Classic Roofing, the Quarter Tavern, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, and Schwing Insurance.